Recording, recording, recording. How is your relationship with your inner child? Do you blame them for what's gone wrong in your life? Or is there room for compassion and understanding for all they went through just to keep you alive? This is a struggle we too have faced. And today we'll share the very recent breakthroughs we experienced to help us heal so that hopefully you can too. But first, this is the FitMass where together we learn to develop habits that help us live beyond our mental health struggles to create happier, healthier lives. He's Zach. He lives in the future with his anxiety. He's Jeremy, and he lives in the past with his depression. And we get together once a week in the present to share the obstacles we face and how we overcome them. So Zach, you know this therapy thing I've been going to for the last few months. Once a month, I go down to Seattle. I go through this whole sort of group therapy experience. And a lot of the work that we've been doing is trying to connect with your inner child and deal with any unresolved traumas, any issues that happened when you were a kid that you know you never quite processed. And now you process them as an adult and you can move forward with your life. One of the struggles that I've had with this, like everyone in the group is always talking about the, the relationship they have with that sweet, innocent child and how they're able to have so much compassion for them and how they try to nurture that kid. And I was the weirdo that was like, I fucking hate that kid. Like, <laughs> he was afraid of everything, hid from everything, like just just a quitter, like gave just gave up constantly. And so I've had this like disdain for myself as a child. And so I'm in a, I'm in a therapy session with the facilitator today. And we come around to this topic. And she's like, all right, well, do you have a picture of yourself? Because I was sharing, and I know you'll tell this story in a minute. I was sharing about how you hold a picture up of yourself and talk to the childhood version of you. And she's like, okay, find a picture of yourself as a child. And I was like, I honestly, like, I don't have one. Like, I, I looked on my phone, on Facebook. I must have spent like 10 minutes looking for a picture of me as a child because I don't want to see that kid. I don't want to face all of that stuff. Right. I love that you looked in the one place that didn't exist when you were a child, Facebook. And your well, phone. but I was looking for like, my mom has posted pictures of me <laughs> as a kid, or maybe there's some throwback that I thought was funny. Cause I was wearing silly pants well, or something. Well, clearly your mom didn't have much like for that kid either. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're doing the work and, and I'm talking about how great I'm doing now. I'm feeling so good, but that I'm still haunted by this thing, this childhood issue that I need to get over. And even as I was articulating it to her, I could feel a a glimmer of compassion that I hadn't felt for that version of me probably ever. Because, I mean, that's really when I was a kid, when I was probably seven or eight is probably when I started hating myself the most. But I started to have compassion for that kid and realizing, like, how much fear he lived with and how much was going on for him at the time. And it was crazy because she sort of knows the story. I've told her about all the stuff that, that happened to me then. As I'm living in that compassion, just holding space for it, just allowing it to be, she's feeding me all this information about like, how strong was that kid to figure out ways to cope, ways to get through that fear? Like that kid got you here. Do you have any gratitude for him? And I just, you know, of course, waterworks crying, like totally cracked open this compassion for myself that I didn't have before. And so now, of course, my homework assignment is once again, be like Zach put a picture up of myself as a kid and <laughs> talk nicely to that kid and tell him how great he is and how awesome things are going to turn out. You always think that I don't know what I'm talking about. And then like six months later, you're like, fuck, he was right. <laughs> and then it takes you another six months to like admit it. No. And, and this is one I've known all along that you were right about it. I just haven't been ready to face it. 
I've been in my comfort zone of hating myself as a kid, and that's just been <laughs> fine. He's he's over in the closet, locked up, where he can't hurt anybody. He, he didn't have enough hate. He needed just a little bit more. He needed a little bit more. He needed, a, he needed a little more neglect and a little more isolation. Yeah, you came in every now and again, and you were like, hey, oh, you think I'm going to pay attention to you? No, nope, I'm nope. just going to turn that knife a little bit further. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Quickly want to mention our sponsor, Athletic Greens. If you want to empty that overflowing cabinet full of vitamins and replace them with one great tasting drink, then order Athletic Greens now so you can not only give your body what it needs to thrive, but we'll give you a free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. The link to try it out is in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. I think that's an incredible thing that you've done because those kids that we were, were just trying to survive, Right. Like the life that they had, they were just trying to survive. And you cannot expect a child to be able to navigate life. And God knows, like I did, like I had to navigate a difficult one, but you can't expect them to do that. And like, I'm really happy for you to have had that moment for that kid, because that kid clearly needed a little bit of compassion. Well, again, it was anywhere else. And I think the knife had been turned far enough. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly healing too to realize that like what you're hating, like you hate that kid. The fucking kid is you, which means you still hate you, mm-hmm. even though you're in the best possible place you could be mm-hmm. in your life right now, you still hate a part of who you are. And that's never going to sit well. Like it's always going to be dragging behind you. I mean, it'd be like, you know, a, a super dumb Yoda hanging off your back while you're doing your <laughs> Jedi training. A super dumb Yoda. And I I make the Star Wars reference because that is literally why I love Star Wars so much is because of that kid, because that kid had nothing, was eating raw hamburger, had no parents around, Mm -hmm. you know, four years old, five years old. And the one time I was able to connect with my mother was when she put on Star Wars and Mm -hmm. she sat down and watched it with me. And then the day I got taken away, I was watching Star Wars. Wow. And the day my dad came and got me. From all of that shit, I was watching Star Wars. That is my coping mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And and that's just, and I fell in love with it. I still love it to this yep. day. Yep. Somebody said something to me the other day about being 43 years old and liking Star Wars and, and how it was <clears throat> not exactly cool. And I was like, well, I don't fucking care yeah. because that's what got that kid through a lot of shit in my life. And I'm going to continue to love it. But like allowing that kid to love Star Wars, allowing that kid to be fearful, anxious, and telling that kid that it's okay. Like, because that is me. It's part of me. I'm happy and healthy now, mm-hmm. but I wasn't always. See, and that it's interesting you tell that you tell it that way because uh, that was what I shared with my, I'll just call her therapist, was that so much of the work that I've tried to do in the past focused on trying to heal the inner child. But the adult version of me was still a fuck up, like st- like mm-hmm. just m- mentally screwed, like dealing with emotion, like all the stuff. And so there was no way I could go back to that kid and go, hey, kid, it's going to be all right. Because inside I felt like I'm still <laughs> fucked up. Like you're not going to be, be you're not going to be all right. You're going to struggle with this shit until the day you die. Sucks to be you, but man, <laughs> it's going to be a horrible ride. And so I was telling her today, I was like, because I'm so good now, because I can look at me now, I can start to peel back the the layers and go, okay, yeah. let's, let's dive back a little more so that we can show 20 year old version of me. Hey, you're going to be okay. 15 year old version of me. Hey, you're going to be okay. 10 year old. And so on. Like I'm able to go back 
piece by piece because I now have the evidence. But when you're trying to heal a past version of you and the current version of you is a fucking mess, that's a tall task. It absolutely is. But on the flip side, like I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. So even in that healing process as an adult, when you're still fucked up and you're trying to get better, a lot of the shit came from childhood, Mm -hmm. right? You need to be able to look at that kid and you need to be able to look at what he went through and be compassionate about it to the point where you can understand what happened Mm -hmm. and why you are the way you are now. Like, why is my anxiety so crazy about like, uh, about people leaving me? And guess what? Yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. Thanks for thanks for putting that on me. So even if you're not totally great, like looking at that childhood, pretending to have compassion, pretending to have understanding, like just getting to that space so you can look at what they went through and what they had to deal with and how you got to the way you are. It's going to be incredibly helpful. And then again, you can go back and revisit later and be like, hey, thanks for giving me the answer. I fixed my shit. Now I can be nice to you again. And that's exactly where, where I'm at with this because I understood, right? Like when I looked back, I was like, I get it logically cool, but still like you should have done more, right? Like everyone said you were so smart. Everyone said you had so much potential. You squandered it. All the things that had just been rattling around in my head as a kid at that time that still just lived there. I wasn't able to have compassion. I, I logically put it together. Like I get the way I get why I do the things I do as an adult because of that. But I didn't have the compassion piece until like today when I had this, this breakthrough. So your point is 100% valid. Like it is important to do that work. And it's, it's, I think it's probably more difficult to go backwards, but if you struggle like I did to have compassion for that childhood version of you, maybe it's because you don't have the confidence yet to sell them on the story that things actually are going to be okay. And then someday you'll get to the point where you've got a picture of yourself in your living room. Like I do over the mantle. No, no, it's on the bookshelf (laughs) next to the TV. And it came in really handy too. I just quick side note. My daughter looks just like me. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a picture of me as a child, it's her with, you know, same, same face. Yeah. And she gave me shit one day. She's like, dad, I don't want your nose. Like, uh, she's like, I like your, the rest of the face is good. But like, I just, if I get, if I had your nose, I'd be screwed. And I was like, well, you know, noses grow our entire lives. Right. So like my nose didn't look like this when I was your age. And she ran to the picture in the living room and she just screamed, oh my God, I'm going to have your nose. So, you know, dual purpose, right? I get my, I, I, I soothe that inner child and I cause my daughter a little bit of stress. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. You've got all this compassion. You've got the humor, the comic relief with your kid. Is it always roses? Is it all, is it always rainbows and unicorns? No, never. Because even at this age, right? I still make mistakes. I'm human. I still make poor decisions. I still make decisions based out of fear as that kid. I made a bunch of decisions that, again, I wouldn't expect any child to have to make those decisions. Like my case was different than most, right? I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't expect that. But some of the decisions I made just ended poorly. And I really do look back at them and I wonder how my life would have been different had I not made that decision. And I can point to when I was in a little bit older, right? Not the age of the picture that's on my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, a little bit older when I decided I'm too cool for school and I didn't go to school yeah. and I dropped out, you know, I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with you? And then I can trace all of these issues that have followed me for years and years and years and years based on that one decision. And I literally have this image in my head of jumping in the time machine. It has to be DeLorean. Mm, of course. Going back and just drop kicking the shit out of myself. I mean, like, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then that's where the the practice of, of you know, being compassionate for that, that kid, that person, that human being mm-hmm. who makes mistakes, who learns the hard way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you just let it be, right? Again, I wouldn't be who I am today, happy, healthy, living pretty much my best life ever mm-hmm. if I hadn't gone through all the things that I went through. And they sucked. But then you just look at like all the things you went through. We were just trying to survive. I, I don't know about you, like, but growing up in the 80s and 90s, I didn't have it like kids today. Like I know exactly where my daughter is at all times, no matter what. Yeah. Because of the tag on her backpack or the phone that's in her pocket. Yep. And she's never away from adult su- supervision. Mm-hmm. Like I was seven years old up in the graveyard drinking beers. <laughs> like it, It's a very different world. And you got to recognize that because I'm looking at it through the lens of today's world right. as well and going like, hey, why did you do those things? Right. When it was a totally different time. Wearing a seatbelt wasn't even a law. Right. I don't think they were even in cars when we were kids until later into our childhoods. But also like parents just didn't know what we know now. The information was not as widely available. So there's cases like yours where there was extreme neglect and extreme failures on behalf of your parents. There's my situation where my parents were parents in the eighties, right? Like Mm -hmm. there was some problems, but it was your standard garden variety trauma, right? Like I didn't go through anything more extreme than most people. And that was part of what my resentment toward that kid was, is why couldn't you handle that better? But when I think about like my own eight, nine, 10 year old trying to figure out how to fix it on their own, Because that was Mm -hmm. largely what it meant to be a kid in the 80s was do it on your own. Go outside, get home from school, be home in time for dinner. Don't care where you are. Don't care what you do. Right? You're just on your own figuring life out. So, of course, like uh, there's a lot of resentment for not getting it right. And so that's Mm -hmm. where I carry a lot lot of that forward as an adult. And everyone's pain and suffering, like what they went through is unique Mm -hmm. and it's valid. So, so please remember that too. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at my life compared to your life and- Yeah, it was a little bit tougher, but yours was no less valid, Mm -hmm. right? Right. You were still a child that had to figure shit out on your own in in a lot of those situations. So like, I don't care if you had like extreme trauma because there's people who had it way worse than me Mm -hmm. or you had a pretty standard garden variety trauma growing up. Like you're still a fucking child yeah, and you can't understand those scenarios like in all of them, like we just survived. You just, oh, oh, uh, I actually woke up this morning. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to go get some candy now. Yeah. I don't think anybody gets out of childhood without a few bumps and bruises on the way to, to try and sort out for the rest of their lives. So to the four people on this podcast today, you, me, and the inner child of each of us, I'm sorry. Like we just, we ranted a little bit. We went a little crazy. We just told a couple of stories. <laughs> But for good reason, right? Like we were normal children. There's pain, there's suffering there. Like we all have that resentment. We all have something going on there. But the day I figured out how to be nice to that kid, the day that I was able to tell that kid, it's all going to be okay. Like the healing that I went through 
went through the roof because I I could stop blaming that little fuck mm-hmm. for screwing me up. Yeah. And instead I could console him and let him know things are going to be better. So I just can't stress enough, like how proud I am of you for breaking through that moment and having that compassion for that kid, because it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. And to anyone listening, if you're in anywhere in that journey of looking at that child and you don't have compassion, you think he's a jerk. You want to go drop, kick him. You love him. You love everything that he did for you. And, and you thank him. Wherever you are in that journey, like I just encourage everyone to really, I know, I know this sounds super weird, but like really get to know that kid, really go back and understand that kid, love that kid and and bring them along for the ride because they are you. But at the same time, they're a totally separate person have some love, caring, compassion for that kid. All right. Well, hopefully our stories of pain and trauma and triumph have uh, somehow you've related with or learn something from and that can help you with your own relationship with your own inner child. As I'm learning, it's a, an incredibly powerful thing to work on and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. But that is going to do it for this episode of The Fit Mess. Thank you so much for listening. We'll share some more tools and, and strategies you can use to work on your relationship with your inner child. That'll be available in our newsletter, which you can subscribe to at thefitmess.com. And that's where we'll be back in just a few days with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. See you, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.